And if, if I'm going to go out and develop anything and, and you know, I'm going to have to do lots and lots and lots of heavy lifting. And I think that's what psychology goes out and does. It says, you know, once a week we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about something. And, and whether we like it or not, the truth is psychology is very repetitive. You know, we're going to talk about some of the same stuff over and over and over again, probably in a hundred different ways because yeah, we're waiting for the penny to drop. We're waiting for you to go out and um, you know, do the thousand repetitions until it's like, oh, I think I got it. Okay, life can be crazy. You're feeling like you're sinking. Just trying to find a meaning. It's time for better thinking. Yeah, better thinking. Time to tune in. Let's go. Hi, Nesh Nicolik here and welcome back to the show. If you're interested in emotional intelligence and what are the core components of it, you're going to enjoy this show. We cover what the core components are, how it might play out in the workplace, how it might sort of show up in your relationship and how you can go out and potentially foster gaining more emotional intelligence. Hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Nesh. Good to be speaking with you again. Um, so today I thought we'd chat a little bit about the topic of emotional intelligence. Um, you know, kind of explore that topic a little bit and talk a bit about how it might impact us in different areas of life. So how does that sound? Yeah, great. I think, you know, emotional intelligence is something that is referenced so often these days. And, 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 and I think it should be because, you know, we're really looking at every interaction that we have, you know, our, our emotional intelligence goes out and, and in some sense colours that. And, and I think we've all met people who, you know, quite high in their, you know, awareness and, and, and you know, self-reflection self and the like and others who are a little bit, you know, uh, less in, in, in those areas. So I think it's a really important topic. Um, so, yeah, happy to, happy to discuss it today. Yeah, awesome. I agree. Um, so I thought maybe we could start off by talking a little bit about what emotional intelligence actually is. What does it mean? And it's kind of this new term that's kind of come to light a little bit um, over the last several years. So um, yeah, I thought I'd get your take on that. My understanding around the emotional intelligence side, uh, you know, if we talk about sort of IQ first, um, mm. you know, the uh, IQ in, 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 in some sense is a measure of our cognitive abilities and, um, you know, IQ is not, not what, how smart you are, but rather measures the different strengths that you have, you know, in your cognitive abilities and potentially, you know, where you might be a little bit weaker as well. And so it, it, it's kind of looking at, you know, everything from, you know, reading comprehension, uh, you know, sp spatial comprehension and so on and so forth. So, it's, you know, your, your capacity for your memory, recall um, and, and the like. So, it goes through lots and lots and lots of data. You know, I'm not certainly not an expert by any means in the IQ space, but uh, we've got some amazing clinicians that, that uh, used to do that here. Um, and it's a really comprehensive test. And so, we're looking at, you know, in some sense, how complex your mind can go out and think, um, you know, in, in, in the organisational kind of, you know, way. From an uh, uh, emotional intelligence perspective, we're looking more so about how aware we might be um, you know, within ourselves around self-regulation. So once again, it's about monitoring oneself. One, one 
our own internal motivations, uh, uh, how well we can relate to others uh, and appreciate others, how empathic, you know, we might um, be able to, to, to be. Um, and, you know, if it kind of uh, makes sense, in some sense, it's also our social skills. Um, you know, it almost sounds like all of those things are social skills, but social skills are, is, 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 you know, beyond that as well. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a collection of how we are and how we relate with others, how we can understand and appreciate others. So every time there's some type of interaction with another person, you know, emotional intelligence is in play. Um, and, and, and I think, uh, you know, when we do meet people with particularly, you know, high aspects of, you know, one of those areas, sometimes we go, oh, they're really nice to be around. And it might be that we're actually noticing that they have a similar intelligence to our own in that emotional space where they could be, for example, um, self-reflective, um, or they might be able to laugh at themselves, you know, like a kind of a, a mature um, part of, of um, I think, self-awareness is, is being able to laugh at yourself. Uh, and, and there are aspects that we and traits that we tend to admire. You know, a, a lot of us might listen to the radio and, and people, you know, the presenters that can laugh at themselves. We, we tend to admire that, you know, that they can be vulnerable. You know, it might be that they, you know, tell, tell their listeners that uh, they thought the lyrics to a particular song, you know, were you know, X, Y, and Z, and, you know, obviously it's completely wrong, but they're not ashamed by that or anything like that. They just laugh at it. You know, it's quite funny because the truth is we've all done that, you know, and to have that awareness uh, is something that we're kind of drawn to. Um, and so you can obviously see there's some maturity in that, you know, self-awareness uh, aspect. So, uh, so you know, emotional intelligence kind of looks uh, at that whole being, so to speak, at that emotional level, really about being able to appreciate myself, being able to monitor, recognize, self-regulate, being able to also do that, putting myself into your shoes so that I can kind of look at you and uh, put myself in your shoes and kind of think, how, you, how might you be feeling? What might you be thinking? Uh, how, am, what, how does what I say potentially affect you um, and how does what you say you know maybe I can regulate that not to upset me or how I, how, how I can hold that and so on so there's this kind of interplay going on um, and maybe a little bit of what Freud spoke about in terms of uh, uh, and uh, I think it was Rogers as, as well with regards to um, transference um, you know that that this stuff going on that's happening between us, you know, I think emotional emotional intelligence would probably buffer some of some of that as well of being able to kind of have insight into that area. Um, so that's a little bit of a kind of a brief, um, uh, uh, I suppose, explanation of what what emotional intelligence is. But it's much broader than that as well. I think it's it, it's a space that's being kind of discussed and and and, and explored for some. Some, some time now, but uh, I think like anything that's new, it, it's an evolving space as well. And I think there's some, you know, great, great academics that continue to you know, look at it. I think you bring up some great points there, Nesh. Um, I like that you spoke firstly about IQ. Um, and I think that's been something that's kind of been, um, you know, drilled into us from a young age is that IQ is this really big predictor of success and, you know, is really going to determine how well we do in life. 
Uh, whereas now emotional intelligence is sort of coming to light a little bit more and we're realizing the value of that um, in all sorts of different aspects of life, whether that be our work, our relationships, our own mental health, um, our well-being in general, our decision-making. Um, and you covered a few different kind of areas that emotional intelligence, kind of different domains that emotional intelligence um, covers. And I thought maybe we could talk a little bit more in depth about a few of them. Um, so so um, there are four kind of main domains from my understanding that emotional intelligence kind of uh, covers um, being self-awareness, self-management, empathy, and um, handling relationships. And you kind of touched on a little bit, um, a little bit of each of them. I thought maybe we could dive a little bit deeper into into a few of them and, and have a bit of a chat about sure. what they mean. Um, so maybe we can start off with with self awareness and what that kind of means. Yeah, absolutely. So self awareness, uh, we're trying to boil it down to your ability to recognise, you know, one's moods, motivations, abilities. So there's kind of like a reflection of looking at oneself um, and understanding that so it's kind of like a monitoring um you know observing witnessing uh, and so we we kind of look at it in, in in that sense that if someone's mature in that space um we might see with that understanding it might appear that they're more confident or ability to laugh at oneself um you know in, in making mistakes rather than berating themselves they can be gentler or more sort of compassionate um and also kind of like an awareness of how they might be perceived by others. And that's kind of really important in that there's not necessarily a, a fear uh, occurring there in terms of jumping to conclusions and being um, you know, afraid of negative judgment, but rather just seeing how could this be perceived. And, and in some sense, self-awareness would explore and look at multiple ways that something could be viewed. Uh, so if um, uh, I'm uh, slurping on my cup of tea, I might be able to recognise that that could be annoying to others. <laughs> I could recognise that it might not actually even register for others. It might be that others could uh, recognise that it could be a hot at the present moment. Uh, I could recognise that it's just, you know, a um, arbitrary sound that, that no one's sort of taking taking notice of and it's neither here nor there. Or it could actually be a place of comfort that I'm having a cup of tea, I'm comfortable, you know, we're having a conversation, so it's a, it, it's a nice, comfortable space. I mean, that's why I have lots of teas and, and coffees with my clients. Um, you know, it's, it's a warm feeling to, to, to have while discussing, you know, difficult things. So, um, you know, self-awareness is, is very much being able to see that, you know, in, in oneself and, and uh, that maturity about laughing at oneself or even, have, or even being confident, you know, that I'm not going to be afraid of judgment. I can be confident. Um, you know, is, is, is important. So, well, you know, I think it's, it's got great utility. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the self-awareness space. Mm, yeah, and I like how you talked about self-awareness in terms of um, being aware of how your actions might be impacting others rather than specifically just thinking about ourselves and our own emotions um, because that's a really important part of it as well is understanding um, you know, we, kind of seeing things from other points of view, I guess, and understanding um, the way that things might be perceived 
by others and reacting accordingly. So um, thank you for that. Um, so maybe we can jump into a little bit about um, self-management, which I guess is kind of, you know, a follow-on from self-awareness. Yeah. Look, self-management also kind of like self-regulation uh, is, is really, I think, about being able to appreciate how we control our impulses. Uh, and so, you know, as, as the term self-regulation um, uh, in some sense insists, you know, the ability to think before you go out and speak or think before you act to be able to express yourself appropriately. Um, and so it, it, it's somewhat being able to ground yourself, pause, kind of make a considerate assessment before responding. Um, and so self-regulation on the emotional side in, in, in particular might um, uh, be required if you're in a space where someone's being unpleasant towards you and then, you know, your own self-regulation will probably be challenged at, at that point. Um, or another scenario might be if someone's talking and, and you, you disagree with what they're saying rather than jumping in you might refrain from that and allow them to continue on and, and have their their um you know their say and then you might come back later and you know uh, tease out the the um, differences of opinions or provide a rebuttal or quite commonly actually do nothing and let that one go through to the keeper um, so it, 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 it's quite an interesting sort of space the maturity sort of component in that would be being able to take responsibility for actions, um, being able to adopt change, you know, rather than the impulse of, you know, but I don't like that, you know, that kind of being able to just uh, adopt that to respond appropriately, particularly with, you know, other people's irrational sort of, you know, uh, statements, moods, um, you know, behaviours. Uh, so it's really important. I, I mean, I think self-regulation is is very much you know at the core of a lot of what psychologists are trying to to um, you know foster and encourage and and, and um, you know fertilize because that, that impulse control um, across the board whether it be behavioral whether it be you know verbal is, is important and obviously our emotions push us around so much um, and this is where people kind of get into disputes and you know um, you know I'm, I'm happy to argue with loved ones. Well, that just shows that my emotional regulation isn't matured enough. You know, there's plenty of work for me to go out and do uh, in there. And, and, and that's part of, part of the idea of being emotionally intelligent is to see it, call it out, address it, you know. Um, don't have to be ashamed of it. I mean, who, who doesn't go out and, 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 and struggle, you know, in that in, internal world? So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about, you know, self, self-regulation, if you will. Mm. And it's quite a tricky thing to do as well. Um, I think a lot of us like to think that we're, we're quite good at regulating our emotions, but when we're in the heat of an argument and someone has done something to really fire us up, it takes a lot of, a lot of strength to kind of firstly be self-aware of where is this coming from and then jump into a space of how can I actually manage myself in this situation. It's, it's not a thing that's, that comes naturally uh, to a lot of us. Um, so I think it's it's in a way a bit of a skill uh, that we we have to work on, and like you said, something that um, psychologists tend to do a lot of with with clients because emotions are tricky. And when we're in a situation where we're extremely sad, extremely happy, even extremely angry, we can make decisions um, that are maybe not quite in line with 
um, what our values really are. So um, really important skills to, to kind of master, I think. Um, it's also important to have it categorised, you know, to, mm. to, to be able to say that is something. It takes away the idea of, well, I am who I am. You know, I, that that's just how I am. It's like, well, no, there, there's, there's, there's things that can be, you know, done to enhance this. Uh, mm. and, and I think to be able to kind of give it a term, give it a name, uh, gives us appreciation of there's therefore a capacity to, to do some work on that or, you know, the ability to, to improve that. Mm, yeah, so not just taking that kind of passive stance towards it and actually um, acknowledging that, um, you know, uh, yes, I, I do get overwhelmed easily or I do get angry easily or sad easily and let me try to put some strategies in place to handle that um, for myself and for others. Yeah, that's exactly right. So maybe we could talk a little bit about um, the third kind of domain of, of emotional intelligence and I guess they all kind of flow on from each other a little bit but um, maybe we could dive into speaking a little bit about um, empathy um, and how that, that relates to, you know, having empathy also for ourselves and also for others. Empathy in some sense is this ability to understand other people's emotions and reactions. Uh, and what's interesting about that is in, in some sense it requires us to be somewhat self-aware. Uh, so we've got to be able to do that in ourselves to be able to then do that well in others and then I suppose in, in that space of being empathic to kind of um, uh, take an interest in the other person's uh, worries or concerns that we kind of, you know, try and learn about that rather than maybe making assumptions that, you know, we, we're trying to hold on to um, what they're going through. You know, might be able to anticipate someone's, you know, emotional responses to, you know, a, a difficult situation or whatever it might be. So we, we could have empathy in advance, you know, that we can kind of recognise this could lead to, you know, hurt, upset, concern um, uh, because we've got a sensitivity around people can respond in all different ways, uh, oh. not just the way that I respond. Hence why that that importance of uh, self-awareness, you know, it's not, you know, everyone will respond in the way that I respond, you know, or mm. this idea that, you know, that doesn't upset me, so why would it upset them? Mm. Uh, well, empathy goes beyond that and, and, and kind of says that, you know, I can appreciate that it could be upsetting for them too and I can therefore be empathic. Um, you know, it also looks at an understanding of societal norms, you know, why people act the way that they act so as much as for example i might disagree with a whole bunch of societal norms it's still very important to be able to uphold um an empathic uh, space for those that i don't understand or or, or don't agree with uh, mm. and so you know i think the world definitely needs lots of empathy because when we lack empathy i think we go into categorize people you know, as being different or um, wrong. Uh, and, and so it creates conflict rather than understanding. Um, cool. And, and uh, I, I wouldn't say that people, a lot of people would say I'm not empathic, but I think if we look at like a scale, um, you know, we can continue to improve on, on our empathy. Um, you know, one of the things that's, uh, you know, is, is, is something I, I talk about all the time when it, when, it, when it comes to trying to understand another person and empathy. Um, and, and this comes from work that I did with my supervisor at the time, who was Bruce Stevens, Dr. Brill, Professor Bruce Stevens at the moment. Um, 
uh, was I was working with a, a gentleman who was um, being charged with um, uh, child sexual abuse. Um, and it was something that obviously was still in the courts. This person wasn't um, uh, found guilty or anything like that. They were going through the process and it, it was quite difficult, right? You know, the, the mind immediately jumps up and, and says, I can't work with a pedophile and da, da, da. And it just immediately kind of has this pushback. Um, and empathy goes out and says, wait a second, rather than categorizing this person who, you know, First of all, they haven't even been found to be guilty. This is an allegation. You know, we've got to kind of out and you know ground ourselves to be empathic to see that they're a human being uh, was what it really took. And I, I remember working with my supervisor around uh, trying to appreciate what might they be feeling, cool. and that that in actual fact became a big part of my work with the clients is 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 having a curiosity about about their life what they're feeling what they're going through um, and it's awful uh, for any human being to be accused of something so horrific um, because whether whether that person is then found you know uh, guilty or innocent um, they you know have been labeled and you know immediately there's a loss of family, there's a loss of friends, there's disconnection with society, of the world, um, you know, there's loneliness, there's fear, there's, you know, yeah. people people attacking and you know, yelling abuse and all, all sorts of awful things and, and to just understand what must life be like. So it made lots of sense that, you know, my client couldn't, for example, sleep very well and that any, any noise that they heard in their home, um, you know, even creaks, you know, from, from, from their home uh, uh, immediately alerted them that there would be someone around the house, you know, going to throw a rock, smash a window or something or, or, or rather, you know, to, to be able to kind of understand that this person is, is literally, it's almost like back in animal form, you know, you, they're in a forest afraid that a bear is going to go out and eat them. Um, you know, and that's that's the state that they're in, and to, to 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 kind of be able to appreciate that is, I think, quite quite helpful. Um, uh, now, you know, I think empathy, that social norms, why why people act the way they do as well, is is, is also helpful, particularly in a country like Australia. You know, being so uh, multicultural, and I believe we're the most successful multicultural you know country in the world. Uh, whether it's true or not, I'm not sure. But uh, I think we do an exceptional job. Um, it doesn't mean that we don't have pockets of, of, you know, all sorts of isms like, you know, racism and so on. But I think we do it pretty damn well. You know, uh, myself, you know, I come from a different culture. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just as Aussie, just, just as Australian as every other, you know, uh, man or woman out there. Um, I've still got the, you know, the accent and and it's very thick when you go overseas you know it's like oh yeah i've got the ochre accent once you're away you know we we kind of have this beautiful uh, empathy to a whole lot of you know other heritages cultures and and and, and the like so empathy is i think huge in how we relate with the world mm. and um i like that you brought up um having empathy for people in the criminal justice system as well because it's very easy in those circumstances to kind of flip into that you know anger and that you know just really emotional reaction um to the the crimes that you know have been 
kind of that may have committed. Um, but it's really useful to take that step back and have a think about the experience of this person, um, their upbringing, what they might have gone through, what they might be dealing with, the traumas that they might have faced, the traumas that they're currently facing. Um, and I do a lot of work with with young people and and empathies. Um, a skill that you kind of have to have a lot of when you when you work with with anyone with any humans really um but especially with, with young people because um a lot of the time your rational brain might go you know why why would they do this or you know why are they reacting this way um but by tapping into that empathic kind of concern and that empathic understanding of their experience um it, it can really help to to uh, build rapport, give them that sense of understanding and actually is where a lot of that, that real therapeutic work can be done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. More of it, I say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, also, I guess, in our relationships as well, um, if, if our partner or our, you know, sibling or parents come home, um, you know, extremely angry and is, you know, telling us off and, you know, kind of being really nasty instead of jumping into that, that response of anger and defensiveness, um, having a, a step back and thinking what's going to happen for them today to make them react this way. Then they don't usually like this and um, tapping into that, you know, that, that, you know, feeling of what, what is their experience at this moment um it can really make a world world of difference it's also to be able to recognize that you know it's actually not about me mm. and and maybe i can check in and find out is this about me um and and i think most of the time it's not and and, and that's that's the point of self-regulation that i can go out and regulate mm. that and then you know potentially then be able to hold a an empathic space um, and so yeah. they, or, or that, that's what's so interesting about you know emotional intelligence uh, uh, the, the fact that it has one word I think is, is, is you know uh, quite um, uh, indicative of, of how it works it's not it's not different banners it, it's one banner that all kind of works together that yeah. kind of forms how we are you know with that, that introspection, that grounding, whether we've got mm. regulation or not, um, being able to appreciate others, that empathic space, understanding myself mm. well, um, and probably lastly that is the social skills space. Yeah, that's right. And I guess that kind of leads us into the, the fourth domain of emotional intelligence, which is um, handling relationships. And I guess um, in a way that's sort of putting, putting those, the first three together, so self-awareness, self-management, and empathy, um, putting them together kind of gives us the skills uh, to handle relationships. But, but I thought we could talk a little bit about um, how, how that might play out in different relationships in our life. The social skills sort of space really looks on how well we can go out and, and relate with others, whether we can pick up on jokes, whether we can pick up on sarcasm, whether we can pick up on, on uh, you know, what another person might need at the time, whether it be customer service, uh, how we maintain friendships, you know, relationships, work, workplace uh, uh, connections. Um, also, whether we can find common ground. You know, so something that I'm in absolute awe of about my wife is, is you can put her in a room with anybody and, and she has this capacity to kind of hold this amazing interest in people, find a common ground uh, and, you know, almost always walk away and go, geez, that person's really fascinating and interesting and, and, and so on. She's, she's uh, you know, 
clearly got a got a knack for it, and and you know, it's one of the you know many beautiful attributes that she she has. Uh, but that that's one that certainly stands stands out, and it stands out because it's not my it's not my it's not my um, forte. Um, you know, <laughs> I get a little bit anxious. I kind of get a little bit in my head. You know, self regulation goes out the door a little bit. Um, you know. You get caught in that, and so it's harder for me to go out and and you know connect at that at that level. Um, and so it, it's something that if I can be aware of, I can I can work on. Um, so we can kind of see how it all how it all plays out, and it, and it plays out with communication skills in terms of whether you know you've got good communication skills or not. Time management, um, how you lead or how you follow, um, you know, within within that social setting. Um, can you resolve difficult situations? Mm. You know, can you go out and mediate between those things? And you know, whether it's about negotiation, persuasion, um, uh, it's it's it, it's this kind of fluid space of of relating with others and being kind of conscious and aware of you know when do I step forward? When do I step back? When do I remain stationary? Um, uh, and 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 that stuff generally you know occurs quite fluidly um, i know that there are some social skills training that, that we can go out and do and practice uh, cool. but also my understanding is you know uh, in, in in particular categories you know of, of, of kids if someone hasn't developed social skills um within a particular age and i'm gonna I'm gonna probably lie here but i think it's something like by age or if they're not demonstrating you know um quite quite strong social skills, um, there's going to be a tendency that they'll be um, uh, likely a long-term um, uh, challenge for them. So this is stuff that kind of occurs, right? Because I can't yeah. go teach my my girls, um, you know, uh, my little ones, how to do social skills. Um, this is kind of something that just occurs. Sure, my model and all those sorts of sort, sorts of stuff, but it, it almost feels like there's a decent amount of biology that plays into that space. And then obviously there's plenty of, you know, nurture stuff that goes on. Um, but, you know, we can all see it as to how, um, you know, relating with others, how important that is. And, and, you know, those that work hard at it tend to have, you know, self-regulation, self-awareness, um, you know, empathy. Um, and and it's it's something that you, you, you do work on. You know, it's not something that's just there. And and um, you know you're fortunate, uh, yeah. uh, although obviously a lot of it does come also um, as part and parcel of, of your your package, so to be, uh, so to say. So the foundations, I suppose, are kind of you know set in place from a young age, but there's definitely a lot of room as we grow older for for improvement um, within our social relationships, um, and and I think that. Um, like we were talking about that that self-awareness, self-management and empathy, it, it really does just flow into these, um, they're all relationships that we have and can really foster healthy relationships if we get those skills um, down pat. And relationships can be quite tricky, um, whether they're friendships or romantic relationships or even just workplace relationships, um, they can be quite tricky and a lot of the times difficult conversations might have to come up if they do something that might upset you you do something that might upset them and having those skills can really make for a much easier worthwhile conversation when when they are warranted I think um 
And, you know, if, if someone is to kind of tell us that something we've done has, has upset them for us to be able to be self-aware enough to kind of reflect on what have we done to kind of, you know, manage ourselves in terms of, you know, not jumping into this defensive space and also, also to empathise that this is that person's experience, whether I feel like it's justified or not, this is what they're experiencing and I have to have empathy for the fact that um, this is the way that I've, I've made them feel through my behaviours, my actions, my words, um, whatever it may be. And um, it's, it's not an easy thing to do um, because it really hurts our ego sometimes, um, you know, having to take that step back and tell, you know, and say that we've actually done something wrong or to upset somebody else. Um, but it can really be an incredible, incredibly valuable um, skill to have in healthy relationships, I think. And in some sense, it talks to this idea of giving allowances that, uh, you know, it's important that we give allowances to others, you know, by appreciating where they might be coming from or giving them an opportunity to explain themselves rather than jumping to conclusions, you know, an allowance of it could be a hard time or they haven't meant something, you know, that, mm that use of or requirement of self-regulation. So there's a lot of allowance that, that that we need to go out and give. And then on the other side, an allowance to oneself that, that I don't have to get right every single time and that I can also put my hand up and say, I got it wrong. It's my mistake. This is on me. I, I, I was foolish. And, and giving ourselves an allowance to say that's okay too. Not, not to be uh, in some sense kind of a... a, a throwing that in the bin and, and, and not caring about it, but, but saying, no, I do care about it, but I'm not going to be afraid of it and, and I'll own it. And through yeah. owning it, I can develop, you know, greater self-awareness, self-regulation, um, and, and, and kind of this might show up in, in the way that I conduct myself in, in you know, negotiating what the next um, you know, part of that relationship is, whether it needs to be a repair, whether it needs an apology. Yeah. You know, whether I need to go out and eat humble pie, um, wh- whatever the scenario takes, um, or give an allowance to someone else uh, that I can go out and, and do that to preserve the friendship, the relationship, you know, the um, you know, family ties or whatever it might be. Um, and we, we see people do some incredible things. You know, when, when, when emotional intelligence is low or there's that moment, you know, where, where someone gets kind of entangled, lost, um, you know, de, de, um, destabilized, you know, by overwhelming um, uh, feelings. People burn bridges. They say awful things. Mm. You know, they can be abusive. Um, all sorts of horrible things occur. And, and hence why empathy, once again, for those around, um, you know, without empathy, we'd all have no friends because everyone's mm. oh, you know what, you know, Nesh, you suck, you know, you, you weren't pleasant or nice or you were rude or something or other. It's like, oh, you know, how do, how do you get back to repair? You know, we're going to need some empathy. So I think I think when we kind of look at it from an allowance perspective, uh, I think looking at uh, emotional intelligence is, is, is being able to understand and, and provide lots of allowances Um not to then be completely um, uh, uh, non-caring about how people act, because you know yeah. we still need to set boundaries. That's part of part of the picture as well, and boundaries for ourselves. Uh, yeah. You know the repair portion as well. And um, I think lacking emotional intelligence um, in relationships 
um, both in, in terms of um, handling both positive and negative emotions can have an impact. So if we're extremely happy in a relationship, we've met someone new, we've been on a few dates and um, we're just, you know, totally you know, head over heels for this person, we might agree to be in a relationship with them really quickly because our emotions have kind of just taken over and we're just, you know, we've got brain fog and all we can think about is that person. Um, whereas if we kind of took that step back, we might have weighed up the options a little bit more and, and kind of given a little bit more thought. Um, and, and same with, you know, for example, if we have a big argument with someone that we love um, and we're just, you know, seeing red and completely enraged and we decide to end the relationship um, because we're just furious with this person. Um, that can be really detrimental to us. And if we had fostered those skills um, or were even able to kind of tap into those skills at the time, um, we might have kind of made a more um, level-headed decision, um, taking our emotions in, into consideration, of course, um, but not being a slave to them and not letting them dictate our actions. It also hurts us, you know, ultimately the less empathic, you know, the less aware or self-aware we are, you know, uh, when, when we're not practicing taking an interest in other people, we, we start to find that our, our, our own lives are not experienced as pleasant as, as we'd like them to be. And so this, this is something that, you know, I think fostering improvement or working on it, being deliberate about it is so important, you know, to, to, to reflect on one's actions, um, you know, is, is, is integral in, in, in all the work that we do, um, you know, whether it's with a psychologist or, or purely in ourselves, how we go out and, and you know, conduct our our marriages, our relationships, our friendships, you know, uh, work with our managers, bosses, colleagues. It's all relevant because we're such social beings and, and, and you know, we, we've got to go out and foster, foster as much as possible because we're also going to run into lots of people who are lower on, you know, uh, emotional intelligence than, than we are. And that doesn't mean that there's a better and a worse. We're just talking about packages. We've all got a different package, you know, no different to one person's much, much, much more uh, physically coordinated. Um, and another person, you know, struggles with physical coordination. No different to someone's got this incredible acuity to, to, to music and design and, and you know, creativity. And another person you know, needs to go out and hone that and try and foster that a bit more. It's just different packages, so I, don't, I just want to make sure that you know we we don't go out and say that EQ is 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 um, uh, uh, high is better, um, you know, and the other one's therefore worse. You know, it, it's cool. just a rating. No, no different to, you know, IQ. I, you know, look, I, I'll tell you what. There is data that 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 suggests that you know higher IQ does help in lots of areas. Um, well, so does looks, and so does EQ, but. That, that's not reality that we all have every single part of it, um, cool. you, know, you know, no different to, guess what, medical health helps too, you know, we don't, we don't just get medical health, um, you cool. know, I don't just have, you know, health uh, cool. because I choose it, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, illness chooses me and so it's the same sort of, same sort of space. So, uh, as much as we might want to improve our health or improve our IQ um, or EQ, uh, kind of means practice, but I think there's only a certain level that we can kind of shift it um, uh, to in any of those categories. 
a quick kind of fix either. It's um, something that takes a lot of effort over a lot of time um, and it's something that doesn't come naturally to to many of us. And I think that's that's sort of what you were saying about you know, if it doesn't come naturally to us, um, we, we might be a little bit more limited with, um, you know, if we're looking at it on the scale of, you know, high to low, um, we might be able to move up on that scale, but we might not get to that extreme end like someone else might be able to. Um, so I think that's important for people to keep in mind as well. Um, so we spoke a little bit about relationships. Um, I thought maybe we could talk a bit about how emotional intelligence might impact us in the workplace as well. Um, there was kind of that distinction between IQ and EQ and um, that'd be an interesting conversation to have around, you know, how that might play into to the workplace environment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I, I think in the workplace we're asked to, to you know, collaborate to work with others all the time mm. and you know we, we, we're sharing the same space uh, and you know like most workplaces they are somewhat built on improvement so there's always this ongoing space of change mm. and whenever there's a space of change there tends to be you know a little bit of pushback you know a little bit of uh, uh, trepidation anxiety so our regulation requirement you know might need to go up to go through that smoothly but because we when we work in in our teams not everyone's going to be regulating or not everyone's going to have the uh, I like to use the word sometimes diplomacy uh, you know to talk about something in a in a particular way um, so that it's the change is kind of encouraged or fostered or we take a positive spin on it versus maybe getting caught up in it. And so I think workplaces are uh, uh, really a kind of like a, uh, a playing field in which we can see all different personalities come out. And, and, and I think some of the people that we admire most uh, are those who potentially are in a management role and they're supporting others sure. with their own EQ. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, managers are, are often fielding this where, where someone might be upset and they go to their manager and they talk it through. The manager in some sense helps that person to package their feelings again. So they, they help them with understanding, you know, emotional regulation. They, they, they help them with packaging you know, self-awareness about how they're feeling, how others might be feeling. You know, they, they talk about potentially how they might conduct themselves from a social skills, you know, and, and, and relationships level and how to be, you know, more empathic to the process and, and you know, to the bigger picture of the organisation or why something's been done or how it might be difficult for others and and so on. And so, I think you know the management role is 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 one that we tend to potentially you know hope to see more EQ uh, in that that might be promoted more because it tends to show some uh, capacity to therefore play that role when you're managing lots of people because when you're managing people you're managing feelings you know you're not just out there doing I'm doing a project um, you know project managers are certainly not project managers they're, they're they're also feeling managers and you know timeline experts and you know uh, great negotiators and conduits to conversation and mediators and and the whole lots you know they we go oh, they're a project manager but uh, the EQ you know good project managers or you know ones that excel uh, are very much people 
people persons um, and uh, and if they're not then people don't like people don't tend to like those project managers they might be effective and get a whole lot of things done but they could be highly um, uh, dispassionate and um, you know not care about how people think feel and, and so on they get the job done and you know maybe in some cases they get paid the big bucks uh, but they're awful and um, you know human beings I think we like to be liked. I think it's part of our our nature to want to be liked, to like to be liked, um, to like to like others. It's part of our survival that if we live in our in our herds, uh, then we're much safer and, and and we feel more comforted and and are secure. And so, if we're not showing you know high EQ, it makes us more vulnerable um, because others will probably attack us. You know, so there's this kind of courtesy stuff that goes on and, and um, we actually uh, see some of this stuff going on where um, I was speaking with Joe, uh, I'm going to make, make a mess of this now, Joe Cherokee, Cherokee um, uh, uh, who, who I think is still, oh, I'm going to stuff this one up as well, but uh, he used to be at um, Wollongong University, um, uh, who's also another big player in the ACT world. But uh, uh, he, he spoke about some research around sort of uh, uh, antisocial behaviour and whether it pays off. Uh, and the the outcomes was that uh, it does not actually go out and, and, and pay off. It does in the very, very, very short term where someone might get what they want, but in that longer space, you know, their popularity goes down and, and they start to kind of um, get you know, pushed back and excluded and, and, and so on. So, you know, the, the, the pro-social space, which often has high EQ, um, tends to prevail. So I think it's kind of genetically part of what, what we kind of aspire to, to do. Um, uh, and we've all just got different kind of, kind of levels of, of that. And so teamwork is all about EQ, that I can put some of my stuff, my self-regulation, the things that I want to occur aside and, we might achieve what you want um, and it makes you feel better. Um, but maybe my turn will come around as well later. Um, and it's not really about saying, oh, I've got to go out and have, you know, um, lose out because, you know, empathy doesn't look at it in, in that way. It kind of says, you know, it's not going in my preferred direction, but, it, but it's still going in a direction that's preferred for someone um, and mine won't always be met. So there's this kind of, you know, appreciation, understanding and awareness of oneself. So I think it plays out immensely in work because we're constantly striving and, and trying to work together and there's different demands and different personalities, expectations and the like. So it's a great training ground to, to um, you know, try and go out and, and work as a team, work with your colleagues, try and, you know, in some sense, how can you best serve your team? You know, if we concentrate on how do you serve your team, you're, you're kind of thinking about how might they be feeling? What is it that they might want? How am I feeling about that? Why is it that that frustrates me? Mm. You know, it, it starts at least that conversation about how to go about doing that and, and obviously the social skills part about, you know, how do I conduct myself, talk, um, you know, persuade, negotiate, accept, you know, the different positions. Uh, so in, in the workplace is, 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 is a, you know, a, 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 um, a breeding ground for being able to observe how different people do that. And, you know, having a great manager, we've all felt 
felt what that's like. Um, and it's mm. a nice place to be around so we can strive to do the same. Mm. It, um, it really helps to just foster this positive work environment. I feel if, if we are fostering those, those, um, those emotional intelligence skills, um, it gives us this really nice atmosphere to work in and we're a lot happier at work and therefore we're likely more productive and, and more willing to, um, to, to strive to achieve the best that we can, not only for ourselves but for, for our colleagues. Um, I think it's particularly important in, in leadership roles, so in management roles, because as you said, it's um, a management role is you know, you're essentially not only managing yourself, managing a whole team and managing yes. the emotions of, of other people. Um, and not only that, I, I also, um, as you're speaking, I wondered a bit about um, uh, the, the stress management component of, of being in a leadership role and um, the skills that you might need to to have in terms of your own self-awareness and self-management um, in order to deal with them. Managers are often making um, huge decisions on a daily basis um, and it, it, can be, um, it, it can be quite detrimental if we're making those, if they're making those decisions based on their emotions. They hear this amazing idea and they'd go for it or um, an employee, you know, has been late to work for a few days so they want to fire them. Um, so it's, I think it's really important for, for managers um, to have those skills. And I think a lot of managers do have those skills and oftentimes that's why their managers are in leadership positions as well. Yeah, there's also another component in there that, that I think you touched on uh, quite well in, with regards to also part of the emotional intelligence sort of sphere is, is, is the, mot- the motivation concept, um, mm. which, which in some sense looks, looks at how open we are to learning and how open we are to self-improvement um that 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 a capacity to go out and work towards completion of something um this kind of perseverance space despite difficulties and challenges that come up and obviously you know this is where we might find we dysregulate or frustrated with others you know but but while doing that, you know, completing tasks and, and, and uh, ensuring that what we intended to do at the very beginning is something that we continue to, you know, stay true to. And so I think part of the stress management is, is keeping that in mind, that we don't get caught up in the, just the social aspect of, of uh, managing, you know, uh, and, and, and noticing and being aware of the uh, intricacies of feelings and thoughts and emotions and how people are perceiving things, but the motivation to, you know, press on uh, and meet those obstacles. Uh, because when we think about it, the, the emotional intelligence still has to therefore be demonstrated and, and part of that is demonstrated through empathy and part of that is also demonstrated through the way that I speak with someone. But part of it is also demonstrated in still how I get my job done, whether it's my job as a father, whether it's my job as a boss, whether it's my job, you know, as a, as a um, you know, community member uh, to be able to go out and, and, and uh, have that side, you know, manages the stress. And if, if I'm not able to do that, my stress goes up. Uh, so it's kind of being able to balance all of those and, and, and hence why emotional intelligence is complex, no different to IQ. IQ is wildly complex and, 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 and there's so many different 
you know, uh, subcategories of, of, of intelligence within, within, you know, IQ um, that, that, you know, we, we can see people who are high in some aspects and, 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 and lower in others. And, and likewise, we get the same thing in, in EQ. Uh, so, you know, stress management is, is, is in some sense looking at all of that. How am I feeling? What I'm feeling? Why am I feeling this? What am I kind of buying into right now? What's my way around it? How is this kind of coming out from me? How am I responding to others? How are they feeling about it? Can they potentially see this or not? You know, we can go into all sorts of denial in these times, you know, because that's what the mind tends, tends, to, uh, t- tends to do. So, you know, I think being aware of stress is important. Too. And this is where, you know, self-care and other, other you know, uh, self-management sort of in, in improvements come from as well. So multi-layered, isn't it? Um I like that you touched on on that self motivation kind of concept. I'm I'm wondering um, if is that sort of related at all to to the kind of the concept of grit. I think to 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 have you know if we look at what grit might be, um, I think if we try and put ourselves in the shoes of someone who is doing something that is awfully painful, awfully difficult mm. over an extended period of time. To me, it seems that they would have to have pretty uh, high self-awareness to be able to sustain that. Uh, and, and, and when I say sustain that, I'm talking about sustaining it in a way that they can still go out and be, um, you know, compassionate, empathic, you know, kind, responsible um, you know, with, with others around them rather than someone who's just completely swept, you know, uh, overwhelmed with, with, with and swept, uh, you know, uh, uh, in, into madness and, and chaos. Now, so someone who's got grit must have that, you know, high level of self, self-awareness self to be able to kind of look inside into that dark space of, of you know, what the hell is happening for me right now? I'm in such great pain. I don't want to be here. Why is it that I don't want to be here? And just, just kind of witness it and, 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 and look at it without trying to necessarily resolve it you know the great impulse that we look at with with grit is to actually not run away you know the the grit response says stay in the pain you know uh, sit sit in your own shit you know like it's it's just awful and horrible and painful uh yet I'll stay here because there's something, you know, important in this. That's not easy. You know, there's grit that I think a lot of people have demonstrated and shown, whether it be going through university, whether it be, you know, raising a child. But then there's a different level of grit where, you know, someone is really, you know, pushing hard in terms of the volume of responsibilities, um, you know, work, uh, volume of hours, reduced sleeping time, you know, whether it be a physical um, uh, endeavour that they're, uh, you know, working towards, they're, 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 there's a huge amount of, you know, pain that, that goes on in that in that space. So that self-regulation is, 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 is huge. Um, you know, I think if we kind of look at it across, across the other sides, uh, uh, you would definitely go out and recognise some empathy, whether it be to others around you to yourself, uh, that there's, there's a cost to grit um, and being able to kind of be uh, understanding uh, of that and, um, you know, 
kind of interested in some sense in 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 examining your own pain, you know, and and having that empathy towards oneself, you know, because grit obviously uh, often is a is an isolated uh, experience that we're not doing it with others. We're, we're, we're often doing it in ourselves. And as a matter of fact, pain tends to do that. It kind of sucks us into us. You know, when I've got extreme pain, it's very hard to see others. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think grit that's held well doesn't go out and harm others. You know, it, it's held with empathy. And, and, and they're the people that we admire, you know, most uh, that they can still negotiate, you know, um, be understanding, moderate, mediate, uh, and yeah. so on. All the social skills stuff that that's required. But you know, grit is grit is in in some sense a a version of uh, how one can conduct themselves while still maintaining uh, you know emotional intelligence. So you know, or, you know, emotional intelligence is kind of the in some sense. The umbrella uh, yeah. that, that, that covers kind of how we are, who we are, irrespective of discomfort. But once we find ourselves in pain, we often start finding out how emotionally intelligent someone is. Uh, because yeah. pain will take that away. And we know this because it's someone who, you know, has broken a leg and they're in pain, they can be irritable with others. They lose their empathy and so on. Someone who's got, uh, you know, chronic disease. It's much harder for them to go out and put their, 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 their themselves in someone else's shoes. You know, yeah. when someone is sleep deprived, you know, they've they've had a baby and they, they've woken up six times during the night, and that's been recurrent for you know several weeks. It's really hard to go out and and uh, hold self awareness and and, and and you know self regulation. So you know that that space of grit says, how well do I hold this pain? Uh, and can I still maintain um, uh, emotional intelligence? And so grit doesn't obviously always bring, uh, it doesn't always have emotional intelligence. People who are awful people, but geez, they got some grit. Um, mm. So it, it, it's, it's an interesting sort of space to look at. Mm, it is an interesting space um, to look at. And I, I kind of wondered if um, having emotional intelligence while, while also having that, um, that kind of sense of grit um, maybe might even um, kind of provide a bit of a buffer against stress and burnout if we're able to kind of manage those emotions and be aware of when um, what our triggers are and when those emotions are kind of surfacing and kind of address them before it leads into this space of, of feeling completely overwhelmed and in pain and burnt out. Um, yeah, I'm kind of uh, noticing it early and being able to address it. Um, so I think emotional intelligence can really play into a lot of different aspects, almost every single aspect um, of life. Um, so on that, I thought we might have a bit of a chat about uh, what we can do to improve our emotional intelligence. That's a real hard one. That, that's, mm. there's, there's so much, uh, uh, so many ideas that we can throw at this. Uh, and uh, to me, the common denominator is not the things that we go out and do, but rather the frequency uh, and, and, and the um, energy that we put behind it. So to me, a lot of it is, is no different to working out. Uh, you know, if, if you want to have big, you know, um, you know, biceps or big strong legs or, you know, strong, you know, 
quads or something. Apparently, they're somewhere on your body. <coughs> um, uh, whatever it is that you're trying to work on, you're going to have to go and do, you know, hundreds, thousands of repetitions. And I, I don't think that that uh, emotional intelligence, if we're looking at on the improvement side, is any different. Uh, so for for me, it's it's more about how you approach it rather than what what it is that you go out and do. You know, so. You know, someone can go out and, and, and say, all right, I'm going to go out and, and um, you know, usually I'm a bit nervous in social situations. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to work on my social skills part um, and I'm going to go out and try and actively take an interest in people. You and I can probably quite comfortably say if someone actually practices that, they might recognize that a lot of people around them are actually quite interesting. Um, mm. And when you do take an interest, you actually find out all these amazing things that you never had any idea about that you know is now kind of uh, opened up to you and that might that, that might kind of, kind of commonly bring about more curiosity and so you might over time recognize hey you know most of us are somewhat the same we all share different pains and difficulties and desires and so on and so forth we all have an amazing story and the like and so that can have a self-perpetual um, uh, uh, point to it but my thoughts are if I'm going to go out and work on that, I've got to go out and do the repetitions. Mm. If, if I'm going to go out and develop anything and, and you know, I'm going to have to do lots and lots and lots of heavy lifting. And I think that's what psychology goes out and does. It says, you know, once a week we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about something. And, and whether we like it or not, the truth is psychology is very repetitive. You know, we're going to talk about some of the same stuff over and over and over again, probably in a hundred different ways because yeah, we're waiting for the penny to drop. We're waiting for you to go out and um, you know, do the thousand repetitions until it's like, oh, I think I got it. Right? And if you can do 10,000 repetitions, then you go, oh, I think I know this a little bit better with more nuances. And then if you do it a you know, hundred thousand times, you're like, I think I get it, right? And there is no getting at point. You're not going to actually get to the end of it, you know. So, you know, I can't have perfect uh, biceps that are, you know, perfectly strong. It's an ongoing work. The moment I stop, I start going out and somewhat losing it. So if we're going to do any sort of improvement on, 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 on EQ, I think we need to go out and practice. So that, that probably means talking to others, trying to take other people's uh, perspectives into consideration, um, being introspective, you know, might maybe go see a counsellor or a psychologist or talk to parents, you know, how was I as a young person? Think about my own feelings and thoughts and how they push me around. Read books, read tons of books. You know, there's so many awesome experts out there. Go out and read. Have conversations about those. Cool. You know, practice in the workplace. Try and help someone rather than, you know, poo-pooing their work because you're frustrated. Do some, you know, self-regulation uh, work. Deny yourself of something. Um, stretch cool. yourself. Push hard. Do something that you really did dislike. All, you know, the whole time kind of considering how am I feeling? How's this for others? What's, what's my experience? Why am I feeling this way? What are my thoughts at the moment? Can I conduct myself differently? You know, mm-hmm. how am I regulating? Why, don't, why aren't I regulating, you know, in, in this context versus I do it in the other context? There's a, there's a curiosity. And so if we remain cu- uh, curious and, and we practice, uh, 
I'm 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 absolutely 100% positive and 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 confident that people can improve how they you know relate with others and how they might you know uh, uh, be skilled in a social level how they can appreciate other people's perspectives but it's going to come through lots and lots of practice and life will do that for you anyway uh, having said that you know I don't want to wait I don't want to wait until I'm you know uh, 85 to get it uh, mm. now I'll get what I need to get when I'm 85 but I want to get stuff a little bit earlier um, and, and, and and so if you know if you want to get it early, you're going to have to work on it. And no different too. If you want a, a strong body that, that allows you to, you know, live life uh, more functionally so that when you run upstairs, you're not feeling puffed or if you're running around with kids, you're not, you're not exhausted and tired, you're going to have to go for some runs or do, do some work. Uh, so my, my thoughts are, you know, lots of practice, lots of hard work. Um, you, you know, you're going to have to do thousands of repetitions but but don't be deterred you know it's actually exciting and interesting along the way because whenever we're pushing ourselves getting out of our comfort zones i I think we're working on eq at the same time you know Uh, so long as i'm you know my my intent is around that that i'm still being curious and exploring you know how i feel how others might be um uh, feeling and, and and so on it's a slow process and I think um, it's important, as you said, not to be deterred even by setbacks and setbacks can actually um, give us more insight into um, our own self-awareness and our own emotional intelligence. If we're doing so well and then there's a trigger and we, we snap and we get angry or we snap and we have this meltdown, um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It can actually um, allow us to reflect on why this experience, um, you know, brought up these emotions and we can actually understand it better and, um, I guess, learn new skills that might help us deal with situations like that better in the future. Um, so it's a slow process, as you said, takes lots of practice, like learning any new skill, um, but it's an enjoyable practice and it's not like a, you know, all or nothing approach either we we get better as as we practice and we might not ever reach our you know fullest potential of emotional intelligence but we improve over time just with as with any skill absolutely and that's where our norms come in is that we we would you know like with iq we norm uh different ages and you know different different uh uh times in our in our, in our lifespan with with uh, different scores, and hence we've got why we've got to do lots of norms. I I imagine that norms would be the same in EQ if, if there was a measure. I'm not sure if there is. Um, I'm probably sure that that, that there would be. Um, our, our scores would have to be normed because you know if you meet a 15 year old Nesh Nikolic, I'll tell you what, mm. uh, he's conducting himself very different than he is today. Uh, no different to if you meet a 25 or a 35-year-old ethnically, we're, we're, we're going to be experiencing different things and conducting ourselves differently and, and understanding, appreciating and our empathy response and so on. Uh, so I, I think we do naturally gravitate to, to having greater maturity and awareness because, you know, as, as I said, it, it's uh, repetition, you know, and, and, and as you say, it takes a long time. Um, well, time gives us the capacity to do repetition whether we're trying or not. We're just saying, hey, if you go out and try, you're just adding to the natural ones you'd be getting anyway. Uh, so, you know, the more we can kind of uh, uh, do, the faster we can at least examine and explore 
you know, uni does a great job of this because, you know, we're in tutorials all the time discussing different points of view. And, uh, you know, it, it, we, we, we kind of get to recognize how often we are wrong that, uh, you know, you walk into uni thinking you know it all and in tutorials you realize that, you know, your <laughs> point has changed because someone else has said something that seems, you know, uh, brighter and you adopt their viewpoint and then someone else says something else so you adopt their viewpoint and then someone else says something you realize, mm. wow, you know, we've got to have a capacity to, 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 to maybe move our position, um, you know, not hold things so so tightly and then, you know, potentially we might do it with others, you know, and, and seeing how they might feel versus they must feel what I feel. So, yeah, it, 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 it's all interwoven, but, yeah, it takes, takes a, a, a lot of time and, and will naturally happen. So, you know, it's not about judging ourselves, saying you know, I'm, I'm right or wrong or I've got to do it better. But uh, if you're that way inclined, you know, no different to if you're that way inclined, you want to do some physical activity, I encourage you, get out there and um, get amongst it. And I also wonder if um, uh, teaching kids as well at a young age, we spoke a little bit about um, social skills in, in young children. I wonder a bit about um, kind of having some sort of um, school setting where we're able to kind of teach um, kids some tools that they might be able to use to improve their emotional intelligence might be beneficial to them in the long run as well. Absolutely. I mean, that that's the ground roots. I think there's no better place than you know uh, early intervention so to speak not that we're doing intervention but uh, you know early exposure modeling mm. you know conducting ourselves in a, in a, in a particular way kids kids are you know as we know sponges they're picking this mm. stuff up hence why parents are always thinking about what school do I want to put my kids in where do I think they're going to go out and get these values and morals and ethics and different perspectives and viewpoints you know if these mm. things are kind of discussed in the classroom there's more repetitions uh, and mm. so if, if, if we can get those repetitions early on for kids, they tend to, for whatever reason, stick in our brains. And I, I think it has to be an adaptive reason. You know, a, mm. if you don't adapt, you tend to die. Um, so I think we better learn very quickly and no better time to learn when you're young, when you're most vulnerable. Uh, mm. So, you know, that stuff is going to tend to stick. Uh, so mm. early early sort of exposure is great, you know, and, and, and you know, for example, empathy to, to go out and involve kids in volunteering or uh, exposure to assisting others who might be less fortunate than themselves um, or, or even to reflect that those that are more fortunate might only look more fortunate on the outside, but maybe they have a story as well that we haven't considered uh, that, you know, a um, less mature mind can't see. And so we expose them to that. And so I think there, there, there's a nice sort of a space for working with young persons to, you know, look at all these different uh, perspectives and positions and, and, and uh, you know, guide and teach and ask them to, to question themselves uh, uh, because, you know, their worlds are wildly social. I mean, that, that, that's what kids, that's all they have to do, really. You know, there's two jobs for kids. You've got to go to school, you've got to educate yourself, and you've got to be able to socialize. Uh, well, I, I think if you can socialize, you're probably ticking the, 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 the most important one and, and the, the secondary to that, um, up to a level, obviously. Um, you know, please don't write to me uh, for these comments. <laughs> To that will, will be the academic side, you know, and, and we, hence why we see lots of people go back to academia later on in life, you know, mature age students and the like. Um, and I'm not suggesting that, you know, 
that's the way to go, not by any means. But you know, we really want all parents want their kids to to have great, good, really good, strong social connections and networks, and and to be lovely people, to be you know empathic and and uh, to have high you know emotional intelligence. Let's feed them the good stuff so that they can see you know and model us uh, as as hopefully being um, you know, emotionally intelligent. While we can kind of improve emotional intelligence at any point in our lives, it's um, a really critical time to lay those foundations um, early on with, with young children in schools. Um, it can really kind of give us that springboard to, to kind of improve on it even further um, throughout our adult lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, so much for this chat. I really enjoyed um, having this conversation with you and speaking about emotional intelligence and all things that it involves. Thanks, Mary. Looking forward to our next one. If you enjoyed this podcast, please support it by going to iTunes and putting a review, subscribe, share it via social media, and tell others about it. Start a conversation. It's listeners like you that make this able and possible and why we bring in these guests to go out and share their knowledge and resources. And just lastly, if you are a psychologist and you want to go out and be part of a bigger team, develop your experience and get into some exciting work, come to strategicpsychology.com.au forward slash careers and reach out. I'd love to hear from you.